Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the eighth day of January. This is Paul White. Hope that you'll check out the full-length sermon called The God of All Comfort, available wherever you get your podcast, or at our website, paulwhiteministries.com, Facebook page, Paul White Ministries. If you prefer video, you can find it there and at YouTube. Um, <clears throat> I want to get back into Mark 1. I'm in Mark 1, where John has been baptizing people who come out to hear his message. And we are working our way slowly into this great gospel of Mark and watching how Mark lays out the case for the gospel of Jesus Christ to incorporate John the Baptist's message. Because if you'll recall, the book opens with the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ and then proceeds to introduce John. So John plays a much bigger role than might meet the eye. He's not simply the man who introduces Christ In some respects, he's the man who introduces the message that Christ will come to fulfill, will come to do. John is baptizing people in water for the repentance, um, or as the Greek hints here, for the heart transformation because of the forgiveness of sins. And so forgiveness of sins, this great promise, is being taken up by the masses as an individual promise. They're showing up being dunked in the waters. It was an important way to see the gospel as will be fulfilled through Christ. Let's read a few verses here as we work our way towards the arrival of Jesus in the story. It doesn't take long. I'm taking making it take long simply because I like to talk about these verses. But if you look at your hard copy, it's, it's not far. Jesus is going to show up in verse 9. So it's pretty quick to get him on the scene. Let's begin in verse 6. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now there's several things happening here. The the sixth verse that describes what he's wearing is not some incidental throw-in. This is a verse that's meant to connect the reader to the prophetic voices of the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, back in the Kings and the Zechariahs, we have prophets putting on things like leather belts, um, camels, hair, living off of honey in the wilderness. John is doing these things to connect to those Old Testament prophets. And and you could probably make a case that John's doing them out of necessity. If he's living in a wilderness tribe, he's going to only have access to so much. He's probably also not going to be living in a manner that the, the, the average person does. And you could probably make a compelling case that this is what John thought you should do. Sometimes we, we do get lost in this and we miss out on the fact that Um, the reason that some of the characters live this way is probably because they have the idea that this is the way it should be done. What we don't get is a lot of depth into the theology of John the Baptist. And I think that's for good reason. I think the Holy Spirit did not want us on the other side of the cross getting too lost, perhaps, in the theology of John the Baptist. I have a feeling looking at it through a New Covenant lens, there's probably some things that John the Baptist believed in, perhaps even preached, that would not be palatable to us. This idea of him living in the wilderness, 
living the way that he's living was quite possibly a form of asceticism and some sort of cutting off from the world. And it's, it's also quite possible that many people in the history of the church have taken these moments by people like John the Baptist and run them sort of to their nth degree and become, um, probably that this might be where we got the monastic lifestyle. Uh, in any case, it's, it's a connective device to the Old Testament prophets. Then his message, there's coming one after me mightier than I. We, we look at that and go, well, that's obvious. We hear John repeats that in his gospel in John 1, that John the Baptist says this. That phrase, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose, might get a little lost on us because we don't live in a society where you take other people's shoes off. Um, we don't necessarily even live in a society where you have to take your shoes off when you enter a home. You do in some cultures, but not necessarily the U.S., uh, unless someone's got new carpet or just doesn't want your, your shoes on their floor. They might ask you to remove your shoes. But interestingly enough, we have a culture of where the guests honor the hosts far more than the host honor the guests. I was reading a biography recently by an Iranian-American who said one of his greatest culture shocks was how much in the American culture the host was being honored by the guests. Like the guests would bring gifts. The guests were expected to, to do everything the way the house does it. Uh, sort of, you know, your house, your rules. But he said in our culture, it was completely opposite. We were your servants if you were in our house. Um, I'm saying all that for this reason. It's interesting. Like we bring you into our home in the U.S. and you're asked to do things our way. But even in the ancient culture, the the host would get down on their knees and take their your shoes off. It was kind of like this. If I'm going to ask you to remove your shoes to come into my house, I'm going to get on my knees and take your shoes off. I wonder if we would be so quick to have people remove their footwear if the only way to do it was us to get down on our hands and knees and personally take them off. Now, I know we go, well, we don't live in that kind of culture. But the point that John is making is, this one that's coming is so great. I'm not even worthy for the worst job in the house. The worst job in the house is the guy that gets down on his knees and messes with people's feet. He goes, I'm not even going to be worthy to do that. Now, to show you how powerful that analogy is, when Jesus washes his disciples' feet in John 13, they're humiliated because Jesus has went to the lowest possible societal rung on the ladder. It's so low, it's not even on the ladder. He is not only removing the sandals from his disciples' feet, he's washing their feet. It doesn't get any worse. It's why Jesus is so moved by the woman who washes his feet with her tears and dries them with her hair. That woman receives the fullness of forgiveness. So this is a quite powerful illustration that John is painting and then claims, I'm going to baptize you with water. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'll get into why that's an important verse tomorrow. We'll see you then. God bless.